Hi, my name is Kristen Harrell-Lambides. I'm a licensed professional counselor based in New Jersey, and this is Out Is Through, Personal Experiences and Therapy Soundbites, where we'll be tackling and talking through our burning questions about our respective messy and magical lived human experiences from a therapeutic perspective, and hopefully gaining a little more clarity, freeing our minds from uncertainty and self-doubt as we grow and evolve together. So join me from the comfort of your preferred broadcast streaming service, and let's work our way out of challenges by talking them through and destigmatizing mental health struggles together. Hello, and welcome to the second crossover episode of Out is Through Podcast and Tea Time with Tara. I'm joined again today by my dear friend, Tara Caban Rivera. And um, so today is extra exciting because this crossover episode is actually the preview for a larger collab that we're going to be doing together. Um, We are bringing our expertise together in our two businesses, mine, Anesti Counseling and Wellness, hers, Tea Time Elevation Enterprise, her new dating coaching business that just launched. And we're going to be blending our expertise to bring our first collaborative professional offering to you guys in our upcoming relationship and dating rehab workshop. So we're going to give you a little taste of what you can expect from some of that in today's episode. And of course, what better way to start than by going back to the beginning. So the way that we show up in our relationships is informed by our attachment styles, which develop in our formative years through our interactions with our caregivers then. So today, Tara and I are going to be unraveling all of the mysteries of attachment styles for you. And of course, bringing our signature blend of banter to the mix, spicing it up with a little humor because it is such a heavy topic. Uh, So settle on in because this is going to be an epic ride and I am so excited for you to come on this journey with us. With another crossover. A less drunk one this time. Yes, definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Are you drinking water? I'm drinking water. I'm hydrating. I'm not getting a buzz on. We are not going to go on 95 million connecting flights tonight. <laughs> we have very thorough notes. We are much more prepared. Oh, yeah. I have, I'm double fisting. I have, I have hot <laughs> cocoa and I have water. So. <laughs> All right. So we're just going to jump right in to the talking about the attachment styles. And we're going to start with the anxious preoccupied attachment style. <laughs> so if you align with this style, you might find yourself craving closeness always looking for signs of rejection or abandonment. You're a person who double, triple checks if your partner still loves you um, because you are so anxious about your relationships. Mm -hmm. This Mm. shows up a lot um, in sessions. Like this is, I feel like the most common um, as far as people who are heavily focusing on their relationships in therapy with me. We'll get into why that might be. <laughs> yeah. Um, or when I'm the second therapist for my friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I froze. That was weird. Um, so this is somebody who is just in this constant cycle, ruminating, trying to predict, explain their partner's behavior. Um, overanalyzing every single nuance, every single change of tone, every single text exchange. Oh, what do you think they meant by X, Y, and Z? And I don't relate to that at all. (laughs) No. 
not remotely you. <laughs> That's definitely me. This, this is my attachment style. Yes. Um, well, my I, I would say, well, again, we can kind of talk about it, but I have moved away from anxious and I'm, I'm working on. Yeah, on well, that is, and this is, um, spoiler alert for later, that is something that is entirely possible yeah. to do. Um, it's obviously super helpful to have a partner who helps with the reassurance in that department, who can create that sense of emotional safety and security for you in your relationship dynamic. Um, that's how I healed mine too, which is not anxious. I am the uh, fearful avoidant slash disorganized type, which is a lovely combo of all of them. I'm jumping ahead. Oh, and yeah. fun fact, um, I was, <laughs> fun fact I, was, I was talking about this with a client who kind of thought she was anxious, but I'm like, no, you just have, you just have, that, that sounds like some shit that I would do. Yeah. And it is, so we looked it up to like try to find resources for her and it's like, yeah, this is the, like, one of the worst ones you can have. This is, like, the hardest thing to heal from. I'm like, well, shit, I don't want to tell her that. Right, that's not helpful. Like, and it's like, but you can, I'm proof. Yeah. If I can do it, you can do it. Yeah, exactly. All right. And so I'm a hot mess with it, too. Like, just because I'm a therapist, it does not mean shit. Because you're attached to therapist. therapist. Um, all right, so we're going to jump right into a imaginary uh, scenario, an imaginary scenario, where, um, so there's a couple, we'll call them Sarah and Liam. Sarah has her own internal alarm system that goes off whenever Liam doesn't text back right away. So immediately she jumps to thinking that he's losing interest or that he's with somebody else. And she needs constant reassurance from him. And so it becomes a very exhausting dynamic. So that is a classic example of the anxious type. Mm -hmm. Sarah loves me as a therapist, too. <laughs> I have a lot of Sarahs. <laughs> it's anxious, preoccupied. And do you want to talk about how this might show up in in session. So like if, if I were Sarah, because I am, I am Tara, but yeah. I am Sarah in this, this scenario. I am very, I have historically yeah. been that So way. a little bit, I guess I jumped ahead in the notes a little bit to kind of like the obsessive, like rumination on, okay, well, I don't know what he meant by this. And I think maybe he's mad at me. And, you know, I'm worried he's talking to other girls. Like I'm worried that when he's not texting me back quickly enough, it's because he's talking to other people or there's this girl who always flirts with him. And that makes me really uncomfortable, even though he said there's nothing to worry about. Yeah. And these are, I mean, a lot of it is repetition too with what they're doing. So it actually is not, that much heavy lifting for me as a therapist in that scenario because a lot of it is just kind of like letting them vent all that anxiety out yeah before redirecting so, and doing all of that cognitive reframing for me i don't necessarily or historically wouldn't necessarily go right to like oh i'm being cheated on but i would definitely 
go to the headspace of like, oh, they don't really like me or they're not really interested or they're losing interest. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's always where, where my head would go. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, I know it's basically the same concept of like kind of helping to reframe, but um, I mean, realistically, it's it's hard to have a different perspective if you don't have a different perspective. And so, and it's really helpful to talk to a therapist or a coach um, to help you kind of think outside of that mindset. Yeah, exactly. And then, so the other thing too, like that kind of, that anxiety, that thought spiral of like they're losing interest, like is not necessarily exclusive to um, anxious preoccupied type mm -hmm. um, because us fearful avoidant types will do that too. But I think the difference is in how we respond to that. So, so for you as the anxious type, like yourself, I don't think is the anxious type. Mm -hmm. How do you respond when that thought pops in your head, like this person's losing interest? I mean, and we'll, like I, compare and contrast our responses. I feel like yeah. I mean, I used to be like, oh, I have to pursue them. Like I have to. It, it almost became like a like a chase. Like I had to like make it right and make sure everything was okay. And um, it was very. <laughs> I don't want to say it was aggressive, but it was kind of aggressive. Like it was kind of a lot. It's a lot. It can be a mm -hmm. lot. Mm -hmm. Like constantly, that that constant asking for reassurance. Are we okay? Um, yeah, stuff like always. Oh, do you do you love me? Are we okay? Those those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. See, and for for fearful when like I'm having all of those same thoughts, but that shit's happening behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. Like. I am cool, calm, and collected on the surface. You are not going to see my facade crack. You are going to have no fucking idea when I come out sideways at you later. You're going to be really blindsided by it. And be like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> um, and some of the things that I am potentially going to do is like kind of, you know, in, in my unhealed, like not having yet moved to a more secure place pattern, mm -hmm. of course. Um kind of a little bit of that game playing. Like, okay, well, this motherfucker didn't text me back for three hours, so I'm going to make them wait four. Yeah. Or I'm not well, going to text their ass till tomorrow, and I'll see if they follow up, I and then I'll make them wait some more. I was, I was going to say that's the next one, but it's not. All right, so we're jumping That's not ahead. the next one. Oh, I'm just like. Oh, no, my ring But it's a fun me. compare and contrast, though, because there, oh, yeah. are, there are so many kind of overlaps. Not only that, but, um, and I guess we're going to talk about this too later on, how anxiously attached people and avoidant attached people usually end up in relationships uh, because of, and it creates this push-pull dynamic. Mm -hmm. So first, we'll, we'll go back and just kind of wrap this up that basically there are ways to deal with it, which we just went over. And you do have every right to express your feelings in a relationship. And it's healthier than my shit, by the way, to express <laughs> my feelings. In case that wasn't clear. <laughs> um, but, you know, there, there's a healthier way to do it. And you also have to remember that your partner has their own attachment style and it might be different from yours. So, like, mm -hmm. for me... Um, I, I would, 
I would say I definitely have moved away from being so extremely anxiously attached and I am moving toward more secure. Um, but every now and then I have those, those feelings come up again and, and I might ask my partner for reassurance. I might say, you know, I'm feeling this way. Like I'm feeling like you're not really interested in spending time with me, for example. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a perfectly acceptable way to frame it when, when you're saying I, I am feeling this way because it gives them, you're not attacking and it gives them the opportunity to say like, maybe, maybe they've just been busy. Oh, I'm sorry that, that you feel like that. I'm not, I'm not ignoring you. I'm busy or, you know, whatever it is, or, you know, I, I just need, I have different, um, different needs as far as time and like quality time. Well, yeah, I actually, love languages. Love languages. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a real time example of that that I can share, or like a personal example, not really real time. Okay. But um, kind of, kind of one of those moments for me um, where I realized I was healing my own attachment style, where I realized I was kind of moving away from that place um, with somebody that I was talking to before I got together with my current partner, mm -hmm. who I was really interested in and who just, you know, great person, just had a lot of stuff going on, was navigating right. a separation, was navigating um, a co-parenting dynamic right. with the ex. And also it was, we were getting into the holiday season and what does all of that look like Yeah, a lot. In, in all that. Mm -hmm. And of course, not going to see the facade crack, but I'm doing this like anxiety thought spiral in my head about things and kind of just stop myself and talk myself down. It's like, okay, well, I know X, Y, and Z is going on in this person's life. Right. Like, and it's the holiday season. Everything is crazy right now. All of that. And I pretty much, um, like a day or so later, after I had kind of reframed myself off, talked myself down in this way, got a text from him saying pretty much exactly that. Like, hey, sorry, I've kind of been MIA. Like, things have been a shit show with the holidays. Kids have a lot of extracurriculars going on. Um, you know, things are not great with me and the ex because holidays are a rough time there. And kind of like all of the possible, logical, reasonable explanations that I had talked myself through were, in fact, the reality of the situation. It's usually without, how it goes. <laughs> yeah, without my spiraling, without my, I don't even think I reached out before I got this. I think this text was like unprompted and I had done some like more passive, just like sharing a meme through Instagram or something. Kind well, of. Well, actually, that's a, that's a, a really important point to make, I think, here. For those those of us who are anxiously attached, to pause, and and even if you're not able to in that moment pause and and think rationally, pause because afterwards, just just taking a step away from it is going to help you to think to think more rationally if you give yourself some time. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I might in with like with my partner, I might just have an anxiety spiral. And instead of immediately texting about it or calling or whatever, I would put my phone down and walk away, go and do something else, and then go back to it when I am when I realize that it either wasn't that big of a fucking deal or or that that was my my old attachment patterns yeah because you can choose that option or you can just sit there marinating in your own discomfort like there's not really a door number three with that situation yeah (laughs) pretty much all right so dismissive avoidant attachment Mm -hmm. um this one we are going to talk about a couple called Alex and Sam. So whenever Sam tries to discuss their future or deepen their relationship, Alex tends to dodge the conversation or gives very vague non-committal answers. It's clear that emotional closeness, closeness makes Alex uncomfortable and they prefer to maintain an emotional distance. I this... love that you included envies in here, by the way. Side note. <laughs> this can leave Sam feeling unsure and unloved about the relationship's future. So like Alex, people with a dismissive avoidant attachment style often highly value their independence, sometimes to the point of coming off as emotionally distant in relationships and they might struggle to open up and express their feelings and actually downplay the importance of close relationships because of their attachment style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is this is this attitude of so somebody in a session with this is somebody who's very like, you know, I really don't need anybody um, or, you know, in a relationship. I've so I've been in a relationship with both anxious and avoidant, uh, actually with all three types, I've, I've had picture partners too, which are best case scenario for me to be healthy in my own shit. Right. Um, but yeah, like with, and I will veer kind of more the opposite way though, if I'm mm. with one of the other insecure attachment styles. Yeah, that so, makes sense. So I will be more anxious with an avoidant, a dismissive avoidant partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, you know, I, the last person I was with who fit that profile, like, it drove me up a wall because, like, the biggest thing for me is, like, okay, I don't feel like I can really have a partner in you or be a partner to you. Yes. And because, you know, you're not letting me in. Like, you identify, like, I, I see you, like, I see you, I know you, I get you. Like, you identify so strongly as this, like, independent, like, hold shit down, I can figure everything out kind of person. And energetically, because, like, we're in this relationship, we have this connection, like, I know that you're struggling. I know Mm -hmm. that something's off. I don't know if it's something between us, and I may or may not be too proud to ask in any given moment. Right. Um, Because I fluctuate with whether I'll bring it up or not. Right. Um, and then it's like a week later after the problem's resolved, 
is when maybe my partner would let me in on this is what was actually going on with me. Right. Like this is why I've been distant. This is why I've been weird. And it's like, well, you could have fucking talked to me about it and let me be there for you. Like I want to do that. Right. But there, there are also people who just don't ever come back to it and tell you and just continue that pattern. Yeah. Of, of yeah. Like basically just not being capable of, or, I mean, I guess everybody, ha- I can't say everybody, but you know what I mean. People yeah. m- mostly have the capacity. So it's not about being capable. It's, there's more to it. But like yeah. these, these types typically will just really not want to talk about feelings. And uh, they are even, they even struggle to show affection. Like yeah. it's, it's, um, it's like, like you said, cool as a cucumber on the mm-hmm. outside. Well, like, and they also, on the flip side, I can't remember if you have this specifically in here, they will have difficulty receiving affection from a partner a lot of the time, too, where it's just like, and I've, you know, I've been that person, too. I've told you the story um, early on with my current partner, like, who is, you know, very effusive about how great he thinks I am. And... It's, you know, it's very sweet, but, like, early on, um, he had kind of, like, gone off on this whole tangent on the phone one night. Yeah. Like, saying how great I was, and I, like, just curled up into a little ball, like, as he was talking. Like, I just, like, knees into my chest, like, full fetal, (laughs) and then I was just, like, sitting there quiet when he was talking, like, um, Hello? (laughs) And I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable right now. Like, I'm full fetal position on my couch right now. Yeah. Like, that was sweet, but holy shit, stop. I don't know what the fuck to do with that. Right. Like, ah. <laughs> it's it's almost like um, like you recoil a little bit. Mm-hmm. So, like, um, like, why are you being nice to me? Like, why are you being so nice? What do you want? That's weird. Right. That. Like, what do you want? looking for the catch. Always looking for, for, like, somebody to have an agenda about it. Well, like, because they, the reason that these types typically keep this wall up is because they've been burned in the past. And so they have this, well, fuck everyone. I can do everything by myself. I don't need anyone. I don't want anyone. Um, trying to rely on people in the past has just proven that they are utterly disappointing and yes. cannot be relied on. Yeah, exactly. And so as the partner of someone with this attachment style, this would this behavior would leave their partner feeling unsure, unloved, or dismissed. Mm-hmm. So it's important for dismissive avoidant people to know that emotional intimacy does not equate to a loss of self or vulnerability. Like there's well, and vulnerability does not equate to weakness. Yeah, that. Vulnerability is actually one of the bravest fucking things that you can do. Exactly. Yep. So um, that that vulnerability, definitely not a bad thing. Emotionally, it's okay to be vulnerable. It can make you feel much closer with your partner. And that's what builds a stronger foundation for relationships in the first place is that intimacy and vulnerability. Obviously, to to work toward healing this, you would acknowledge that you have fears around relationships. Mm-hmm. And 
then do this the reflection and figure out where that's coming from. And it might be really obvious. You might have had one very specific bad experience that left you feeling this way, but it might be more than that. And, um, and that's okay too. You might need some help with that. Yeah. But um, again, to reiterate the recognizing that emotional intimacy is, it's like, it's, you can't have a healthy relationship without that emotional intimacy. Right. Yeah. So you can emotional intimacy, emotional safety and like connecting in that way. Like you are depriving yourself and your partner of think that most optimal connection that you could have. Exactly. So yeah. um, I think in, in this case, I, I know people with this attachment style and I have actually said very plainly just talk about what you're thinking Mm -hmm. because what you're thinking is usually what you're feeling and that's kind of how you start to open up emotionally and realize that it it isn't that bad Mm -hmm. um another thing that I lean into in sessions a lot of the time so so it's interesting how you said um, the point earlier about a lot of dismissive avoidant types will not come back the way mm-hmm. that my ex-partner did and tell yeah. you what that thing was ever, potentially. Because that's um, kind of a little bit healthier, at least. <laughs> yeah, well, and I think and I think it's like there's almost a spectrum of it. Like there mm-hmm. are the people that are trying. So my dismissive avoidant partner that I'm using for this example was someone who was really trying to do the work and that was even you know a conversation that we had later on um when we decided to separate it's like you know like i see you trying like you know i've i've addressed this in arguments and stuff with us and like i see you trying i see you making this effort and like wanting to show up in this way and i'm acknowledging that but it's you know it i think it's something also that doesn't feel natural and doesn't feel comfortable for you right and you know that's that's where this disconnect is and that was Mm -hmm. kind of that like light bulb moment I think for both of us that Mm -hmm. had us be able to separate in a really healthy way right yeah um and then you know that person has since continued their own healing which is wonderful yeah exactly Um, but a lot of like so people who have not started on that journey yet though like you said um like not even that they won't come back to it later and like let you in on it later because they're actively trying to shut you out or be shitty to you in some way. Like they literally are so closed off and so out of touch with their own emotions that they can't even access the vocabulary to express that. Right. In the first yeah, like to, to have... It's, it's almost as if they're so focused on protecting themselves that they don't even recognize that their behavior is affecting the other person. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, so that was going to say ADD. Um, leaning into um, anger as the default emotion a lot of the time for the dismissive avoidance because those vulnerable emotions are really fucking scary. Fuck that. 
Like <laughs> that is like the monster under the yeah. bed. Yeah. So, but if I am angry and aggressive, that feels powerful. Mm -hmm. That feels better in than dissolving into this puddle on the floor of this vulnerable emotion, right. breaking down and crying, God forbid. Well, because then you're, then you're really actually pushing somebody away at that point too. Mm -hmm. And you are acting out that pushing away instead mm -hmm. of just doing it internally. Then, then it's get the fuck away from me. Stay yeah. the fuck away from me. I'm being mean right now. So you can't hurt me because I'm going to hurt you first. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You can't fire me. I quit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now on to fearful avoidant, which we have talked about it's a little me. bit. <laughs> I'm the problem with me. I know you hate Taylor, but it's just such a great line. It's just her. You know what? I think it's her fans. I think it's her fans more than her. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't want to piss anybody off. <laughs> I don't wanna I don't wanna lose listeners because <laughs> because of this T Swift thing. So moving on, we will talk about Mia and Ian. So Mia likes Ian and really wants to be close to him. But she is very afraid of getting too attached. Yeah, so, and he can't know how much she likes him. Like, what the fuck? That's right. that's weakness, that's vulnerability. Like, I can't, like, I'm going to play it cool. I'm going to play it, I'm Mia. I'm going to play it cool and aloof. And in my younger days, like, not only would Ian probably have no fucking idea that I liked him, like, by the time I got comfortable enough to be like, oh, maybe we should explore something, he would have been like, oh, I had no idea. Like, I kind of already moved on because I right, thought like, you weren't into it. Bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so that is the downside of, uh, one of the many downsides. Right. So with this attachment style, um, it's, it's that hot cold. Mm -hmm. And so there is like, there are these moments of you letting your guard down because you do really want to be close. And, mm -hmm. and so it's one extreme to the other. And yeah, because you do it and then you spiral out and it's like, oh, fuck, did I just completely turn them off? I definitely said too much. Wall back up and batten down the attached for good measure. Or um, it, it, would you say, because this is actually something... <clears throat> coming up now just as I'm thinking about it would would that vulnerability just make them uncomfortable and then they kind of recoil back into themselves too I mean that that too I feel like um I feel like that's a little bit more kind of what I was experiencing when I went like full fetal on my couch right yeah getting compliments for my partner yeah like, so it's, um, it's the sim, it's like similar to like, there's the discomfort with being emotionally, emotionally vulnerable. And there's discomfort with receiving those intense emotional expressions from somebody else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it kind of, so there's, there's the recoil of like, yeah, what are you doing? That makes me uncomfortable when somebody else is telling us how great we are. Right. And then if we've let our guard down, um, 
kind of going through that anxiety spiral, you know, morning after, like, fuck, what did I do? Right. Yeah. Like, now they know everything. Now I am completely vulnerable and exposed and open to being hurt in the situation, which is the common thread through so, all of So I actually have a question because um, the fearful and dismissive, there, uh, there are overlaps. Yeah. So well, there, the what, fearful... what's the primary difference between those two attachment styles? So I feel like if you took the three into your attachment types, um, and this is this is my experience of it. So it's like so fearful, avoidant, slash disorganized. Disorganized is what like what we call it when it's developing in childhood. Um, so that's why they get kind of used interchangeably. Okay. And it's almost if we were to take all three um, insecure patterns. Mm-hmm. and put them into a Venn diagram, that fearful avoidant would be right in the middle because it actually has those overlaps with both. Okay. Um, so like the, so it's, so there's like one extreme, the other extreme, and then like flip-flopping between the two extremes depending right. on what we're experiencing, where the discomfort is, because all of it makes us fucking uncomfortable kind of. Right, yeah. So you want that as as a fearful avoidant person, you really want that connection um, yeah. as opposed to the dismissive who is like, no, fuck that. Yeah. The dismissive is like, I don't need anybody. Mm-hmm. The fearful avoidant disorganizes more like, like, yeah, that sounds really nice. Like that sounds amazing on paper. That sounds like a great, theory but (laughs) and in practice people are unreliable people are gonna let me down i am not holding my breath for that to be real because unicorns sound fucking great too and i don't believe that those. yeah it's like it's like that sounds nice but no thanks it sounds like it sounds nice but like i don't think it's actually a thing i you know i think that that is something in the realm of like Santa and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy. All right. So with that, obviously that kind of attachment um, would leave your partner feeling like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, like, well, because it's so mixed messagey. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you like me or you can't stand me. Right, <laughs> yeah. It depends on the day. And... You know, and we're not aware of our stuff when we're in it. Like, mm-hmm. honestly, the same thing as the um, the dismissive avoidant who can't kind of come back and have that perspective of, like, this is what happened. Like, all they're aware of is, like, okay, cool, the problem's over with it. I don't have to think about this anymore. Moving right. <laughs> like, so with this, like, we can't express it either because we give ourselves these mixed messages a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, yeah, sometimes I'm all about this person and... Sometimes I'm trying so hard to talk myself out of them because I don't want to be vulnerable. And I am nitpicking every little quirk that they have. Right. So with this, as with the other two, there is a silver lining. Because <laughs> if you can recognize this about your yourself, then you're already moving in the direction of healthier relationships. 
Um, and obviously it's okay to want to be close to people and it's also okay to be afraid. And I think that that goes for uh, along the spectrum of the attachment styles. So um, I think that with all three of, of these insecure attachment styles, the mindfulness and emotional regulation is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this instance, if you feel like pushing your partner away, you just, you take a moment and you're like, I've already been, been close to this person and they have reciprocated that. And it's, it's okay. It's not that bad. Mm-hmm. At least for myself, I found like workarounds that feel more comfortable, right? Where like, I am communicating it, but I'm communicating it in a way that feels safe to me. Mm-hmm. So like, like acknowledging kind of like my weird shit that comes up with my partner. Right. Um, I think I may have shared even on our last crossover, this story of like noticing when we were out at the Van Gogh exhibit that I was mm-hmm. sitting with my hands folded, like one on top of the other in my lap like this and like looked down and just started like laughing at myself and elbowed him like, oh, wait. I- like this for anybody who is just listening she's holding her own hands i'm holding my own hand yeah like so one hand <laughs> other folded in my lap like fingers interlocked yeah. and like and saying i'm like you want to see my disorganized attachment at work like you can't even hold my hand i'm gonna right. do it myself i'm gonna hold my own hand i can hold my own hand my style <laughs> um so that and then also um one of the other like big annoying things with the way that I guess the more anxious part of mine manifests is the amount of recovery time that I need after a disagreement with a partner after a misunderstanding that is feeding into the like there see I fucking knew it this is why I don't date this is why I don't do this like even though I want it it's a lovely little cotton candy fantasy that is not rooted in anything real and here is my proof and so because I'm feeding into all of that, just because we've like had an argument about something like probably relatively minor in the grand scheme of life, it's, it can be like, it feels so destabilizing. Yeah. I mean, and, I can relate to that too. Yeah. Because that's the anxious but, piece. So but, in, but in a different way, because yeah. for me, it's, oh my God, they've like, all of my fears are being validated as far as like, oh my God, they really don't like me. Mm-hmm. Like all, all, all the stuff. So where yeah. you're, where you're like, fuck everybody. See, I was right. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, and oh the shit of it is like, <laughs> if we are, because everything is like where you put your attention. Like that whole idea is like when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So mm-hmm. if you are looking for things to validate your fears, if you are looking for reasons to feel hurt and unloved and all of these other things, like you're going to find them. Like, like you're going to, you're going to find them slash like invent them out of something that could probably be explained if you just took that pause, if you just took that beat. Yeah. Um, The pause is so important. (laughs) And yeah. So for, for me, just kind of acknowledging, um, and I don't know, no, I did it with my last two relationships. Um, and I don't know that I actually have the vocabulary to share it 
before this. Mm -hmm. Um, But where I would say like, look, we've hashed out this disagreement. You've apologized. I've accepted your apology. Like, I'm not upset with you. Yeah. But I'm just not back at 100 yet because I have this annoyingly long recalibration time. It sucks for me too. Yeah. But just like, kind of like, know that we're good. I'm going to just need a minute. And I might be like a little bit standoffish during that time. Yeah. Um, I'm the same way. Like, I might say... Yeah, like I'm not mad, I'm not I'm not upset or whatever, but I still need time to recover from this. Like Yeah. Like even it's though not like, we're okay. Yeah, you said sorry, everything's good, everything is Yeah, it's not like it just magically goes away. Yeah. So all right. Finally. Finally. The gold standard of <clears throat> styles. Gold what standard. we hope for all of us to work toward is the secure attachment. Yes. And so these are, so these are people who, you know, had like these idyllic, like picture perfect little kind of upbringings probably. And even if they didn't, they received enough support, enough love, all of that, like enough validation in who they were in their families of origin from their caregivers that like even the things that maybe weren't so great because everybody has some kind of struggles in their life at some point. Yeah, right. Exactly. Nobody's they're able to approach that from a more objective perspective and take it as a learning experience. Right. Yeah. They're so they're it's much easier for um, securely attached people to trust other people and they don't go to the, the, you know, the anxious, the avoidant, or... Yeah. Um, they don't think everybody has an agenda, and they don't think that somebody automatically needs them, them because the nuance of their tone changed a little bit because they were right. distracted doing something else. Exactly. Um, so it's it's also not so much exclusively how you interact with other people, but it's also how you view yourself like knowing your worth and knowing that you that you do deserve love and that that you are able to rely on people and you basically just bring like that this really stable balance of good vibes to any relationship because of that and i think that like that's what we all strive for right and mm-hmm. I can say for myself, um, I have been in a situation where I've been like, so I I know that I've moved away from um, anxious in a lot of ways, um, specifically because I have been like, hold up, I deserve more than this. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what I bring to the fucking table. Mm -hmm. Good thing. If you forget, Uh, I'm around to beat that shit into your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Always. 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 I got you. She's like the the best hype woman ever. Um, That's true. All right. So in this uh, hypothetical, we have Matt and June. They've been together for six months. And their relationship is basically a masterclass in communication and trust. June has to travel for a week-long business trip. 
And Matt is just totally cool with it because, of course, they will miss each other. But there's no stressing about what's going to happen to their relationship because of being apart from each other. Mm-hmm. So they just accept that this is life and she goes and does her work thing and he does his and they know that they're going to pick right back up where they left off because mm-hmm. they both feel secure, not just in their partners, but in themselves. Yeah. And also like they have the perspective probably like, you know, we're grown ups. it's a week. Right. <laughs> like a week is not that long in the grand scheme of life. Like I remember, um, like a girlfriend who was like going to see her dad who like lived out of state for I don't know, a long weekend or something. We were like late teens, like we were babies. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it's five whole days. I'm not going to get to see you. I'm going to miss you. I can't kiss you for five days. And it was like this whole dramatic thing. Yeah. I mean, I can appreciate the sentiment of like, but instead of being like, oh my gosh, I can't, or, or, or like whatever, it's more like, yeah, dude, I'm going to miss you. I can't wait to come back. Like, you're just kind of <laughs> chill about it. I'm like, I can't wait to have a chance to miss you if I see you all the time. Right. Like, like, not because, not because I hate you, not because I'm mad at you, not because like, yeah, I'm sick of you or anything, but it's just like, yeah, like I, I see you all the time. I, I'm pumped for you to be a novelty again. Right. Yeah. It just feels nice. All right. So when conflict rolls around, they just kind of roll with it. There's Mm -hmm. no running for the hills. They just talk it out because every relationship has conflict. There is no such thing as a conflict-free relationship unless you're not actually in a relationship. (laughs) There are, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. If you have a very clearly defined friends with benefits situation, which I have had a Mm -hmm. couple of times in my life. Um, Even then, I feel like it's a, it's an interpersonal relationship. There's no, in my, in my opinion, there's just no such fucking thing as not having any conflict whatsoever in any relationship ever. It's just when you're close to people, I just feel like, the odds are very slim that they're you're not going to have slim. hiccups. Yeah, they're you slim. It's not a like, full-blown conflict, right? I've, well, I've had two. Uh, one I've known for 15 years. Okay. And we were like a friends with benefits scenario kind of on and off for about five to seven-ish of those 15 mm-hmm. years. Okay. And... I don't think we have ever in the entire 15 years of knowing each other had an argument about anything. Yeah. Like that is, you know, it's rare, but just like because we were very like upfront, this is what this is. This is what this isn't. That's a secure attachment though. In that situation. Yeah. I wasn't securely attached in any of my actual relationships (laughs) during those five to seven years. But, like, my friend Benedict and I had that shit on lock. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, it's interesting because, like, I think about my friendships 
Um, and, and yeah, like I don't, I don't, there aren't these big conflicts because for the most part, we're adults and we just kind of talk about shit. Like, yeah, it's so important in any relationship, but obviously when we're talking about romantic relationships, intimate relationships, you just approach things with the perspective of, hey, I am feeling this way and I, I'm not mad and I'm not trying to argue. Mm-hmm. Which, <laughs> stealing that from somebody, <laughs> borrowing mm-hmm. it from somebody. But um, like, that's great because mm-hmm. that's saying, listen, like, I need to get this off my chest. This is something that bothered me. But I want you to know that this is... um. This is not a deal breaker. This is not something that's going to cause an argument. I'm, I'm, I just want to, like, talk this out with you. Yeah. The securely attached partner is holy grail for those of us with an insecure style. Because if we're anxious, they're going to be patient enough to validate us. Yes. Like, if we're avoidant. They're going to be secure enough in themselves to like do their thing and give us our space to breathe so that we don't feel smothered. Right. Um, so this is, yeah, like this is goals. Um, and this is something that can be really, really helpful Yeah. in the healing process for exactly. someone with more insecure pattern and I also Um, think that um it's important to highlight because we talked about all of these different separate attachment styles right we talked about how the one is kind of an overlap but just mm -hmm. because you like for me I am primarily anxiously attached now especially because I'm working on things I'm I'm more securely attached but there are still some behaviors of mine that can be more avoidant and Mm -hmm. that that doesn't mean that I'm not still that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm like right in in the middle there either it just yeah you don't have to define it necessarily like there it's just really important to recognize that your whatever your attachment issues are 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 not healthy and Mm -hmm. to, to understand why they're not healthy so that you can work toward having more secure relationships and more more stable relationships. Because I think that that's really what it is. It's like that making it a safe place to talk about things. Like, like with I'm not mad and I'm not trying to argue, for example. That's a really, or same team is, is something that I brought up in, in a previous episode. Like setting the foundation to be like, we're doing this together. This I've isn't me against you. To yeah. So many couples since you dropped that episode too. Well, shout out to Amy, the life coach, because she's the one who I borrowed that from. So I want to make sure Amy. I give her credit. Yeah. So it's Amy, the life coach, one word on Instagram. She has really great content. Um, yeah, I want to give her credit since I use that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I heard um, and I, I, I feel like it's just really good for anybody who's working on healing um, to have access to that kind of content too, because it not only is it just helpful to, to know, but it's also 
normalizing it too, where it's like, oh, other people go through that too. Other people feel that way too. Like for me, that has been a huge way for me to work on my my self-worth, for example, or even just my attachment to know like, oh, okay, so this is not unique to me. This isn't just me being crazy. This isn't just like, there's a reason behind it. And I can, I can do, do better. And it's not even just about doing better for your partner necessarily, like, or your relationship. It's really about you and doing better for yourself. Because Mm -hmm. if you're not being like, I'll, I I can be bitchy sometimes. I feel like we can all be bitchy sometimes. Everybody fucks up and is shitty sometimes. It just, just the way it is. Yeah. Because we um, all act out of our own unhealed stuff sometimes. Yeah, exactly. Sideways on whoever's in that line of fire. Yeah. So doesn't make us bad people. Like it makes us human. Exactly. And in my, my situation, I would say like, oh shit, I realized that I was shitty. But instead of going the anxious spiral of, oh my God, now my relationship is in jeopardy, blah, blah, blah. It's just telling my partner, hey, I'm sorry that I did that. That wasn't cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be more conscious of that. Like, Mm -hmm. that's not who I want to be and that's not how I want to treat you. Yeah, I remember um, like very clearly having that moment of because this is, I don't know if this is specific necessarily to any attachment style as much as it is kind of almost like just like a social generational thing that I think happens. This whole idea of, oh, ball busting is my love language and like I show that I love you by making fun of you which can veer too easily sometimes into the territory of active cruelty. Oh, there was one thing though that I did want to ask to do a little, another little compare and contrast. Mm -hmm. So when you're saying that like you veer more avoidance, I'm curious like when and how that presents um, because something that really just kind of jumped out at me as you were explaining the last, um, like, you know, the Matt and June, um, nobody's running for the hills when there's a disagreement. Like, mm-hmm. that is my go-to. Like, all right, fuck this, I'm out. So for me, yeah, there are definitely times when I am fuck this, I'm out. Like, okay, that... What does it take you to say that? Does it take just, like, an argument over... No. Like, so I will do it with, like, if if we're like bickering and we can't resolve the disagreement about something stupid, mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is exhausting. I don't want to do it anymore. Bye. Okay. Yeah. No. So, so if for you, it's because you are healing and setting a boundary and not being the bending over backwards, like anxiously attached people pleaser yeah. part of yourself. It's, I think, kind of trying to find that sweet spot and that balance. Yes, exactly. Um, like, I would say, attached place that um almost going too far to the other extreme because I'm I am trying to find that sweet spot like you said um where it's like oh no no get the fuck away from me 
mm-hmm. not doing this. We're not doing this. And, and like going to that. I mean, I, I, um, one of my more recent relationships, I did go to that sometimes because it, I was being triggered and there were things that I was, that I was like, Oh, that's a red flag. And they were real red flags. Yeah. But I also immediately went to fuck this. I'm out. And so, um, I think that, that, um, in the, in a situation where, you have somebody who's not in the same place as you as far as their their healing journey. I guess with a securely attached person, there's not not really any healing as far as that goes. But like you're either with somebody who is securely attached or with somebody who is really working on their shit. Otherwise, you can't heal. You can't yeah. heal in a situation like that. Like for me, I know that I've been able to heal because of having a sense of security mm-hmm. and having someone say to me, we're okay. Yeah. And like, I, I, I care about you. I want to be with you. Like those things, instead of me feeling like, do, do they like me? Do they want to be with me? Like, yeah. So like for me, like if I'm just like, okay, we have our wires crossed, like trying to resolve this issue and it's frustrating and I go, fuck this, I'm out. I don't, because I just don't want to deal with the frustration of that anymore. Right. That is different than, you know, like, a securely attached person can respond with, fuck this, I'm out. Because if somebody is actively mistreating you in some way, that is an appropriate response. Right. Be like, no. No, I'm not tolerating Fuck this, that. I know my worth and I choose me. Yeah, like, bitch, I know what I'm bringing to the table mm-hmm. with that. How do you identify your attachment style? We have looked at everything. We've kind of unpacked it, given some examples, talked about things that you can do. So that really takes spending time looking inward at yourself and doing that that shadow work, I like to call it, mm-hmm. where where you're like, okay... I am, I am the problem. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, Taylor Swift and Carl Young overlap. Who would have thought? So, yeah. So I was, I was looking it. at, um, in your notes, your section of how therapy can help mm-hmm. um, with it too. So yeah, more, more things to come. So what I'm about to talk about is um, excerpted from the work in progress, um, relationship and dating rehab workbook and workshop that we will be hosting. Um, We're aiming for October because prime cuffing season. Mm -hmm. And um, then from that, um, that is a little taste of what we both bring to the table, which like, we both know and own is a lot um, <laughs> and kind of how we complement each other in that. Yes. Um, so I'll be bringing the clinical expertise. Tara will be bringing kind of like the less, like the less jaded sort of like, like, yeah. Like I, I mean, I wrote it in your, like my testimonial for your dating coaching thing, like mm-hmm. that you have 
been through some of the shit that I know you've been through in your personal life and still see the good in people the way that you do and are not jaded or bitter by any of it is like such a beautiful perspective and like why like you're going to be just like the most top tier choice for somebody who is looking for relationship and dating coaching and why like why like you are the person that I want to collaborate with me well, yeah, because I think that, um, like you said, you do bring that clinical expertise. And and for me, like, <laughs> at the same time, you're also like <laughs> my best friend. And and so we do have this rapport with each other that we're, I feel like we're always on the same page. Yeah, um, like we're but, working on the same stuff, like, separately. In, par- in parallel, not even realizing it. And that's actually how this collaboration for this episode yeah. happened. And like so, nothing alike and shit even. Like it's so weird. <laughs> or like the, the text messages. I know. Like we um, need to stop doing that. <laughs> I'll be responding to, to your text. And then like you'll send a follow up answering what I'm in the process of typing. It's like, dude, get out of my head. Yeah, exactly. Right. So back to. So back like, to this. So I, I, am, I am more of like keep it real. I am the. Um, I guess I'm a little bit more touchy feely, like not physically, but like I I do have that like the a different level of intimacy because I am not a therapist who has to abide by code of ethics. So I can I can do and I yeah I am still very like irreverent and tell it like it is in my presentation like Mm -hmm. I I will never ever like I want to have a meaningful conversation well that's why we work so well together because we do compliment each other in that yeah but like you know like you're going to I think be like velvet glove to my iron fist with some of this (laughs) um this is what we're doing this is we are teaming up we both are we have our own separate businesses. However, they are not completely separate because there is overlap. And, and so we're, we're going to be working together a lot with different, different workshops. This is just our first mm-hmm. official collaboration. I have the second one percolating in my brain already. Oh, shocker. <laughs> like, right. I, like, I already know what's coming for round two after I finish round one. Um, so the, the idea for round one, two is, um, I have this workshop really state and where to buy and all of that is going to be dropping soon. Um, on at out is through podcast, Instagram, TikTok probably. I, I still can't really figure out TikTok. So go to Instagram for all those needs. And it, it can be standalone. You can get stuff out of it standalone. I set it up this way for people who maybe don't have the ability to make the financial or time commitment to a full workshop. Right. Yeah. But for a full coaching program, etc. So, right. Yeah. Right. However, if you do, that is where you're going to get the extra, where you're going to get the interactive experiences with both a licensed therapist and a dating coach. Yeah. And, and it's much more personalized. That, it's more personalized and you're going to get that collaboration with other people kind of struggling with their own relationship stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I am pumped for this. Like, this is going to be so good. I know. I'm excited. It's so right. good. So, so how do we people out? What do we do? Because this is really, the whole point of this is to talk about, like, all right, we've both ex- expressed that we we have had and are working toward more secure attachment ourselves mm-hmm. and um, identified what our attachment styles primarily are. And so how are we going to help people? What does that look like? So what is that? So it's a three-step process. Um, so I'm very big on, because I think we didn't disclose it here. I think we've disclosed both um, in our drunken girls night collab and (laughs) separately on our individual podcasts that we both have ADHD. Mm -hmm. Um, And so one of the, one of the things that is super, super helpful for managing any of the executive functioning challenges there is simplifying and streamlining. But honestly, whether or not you have ADHD, simplifying and streamlining the process for anything that feels super daunting and overwhelming is paramount. So this is a three-step process. Um, we're going to obviously be talking about more than just like three little basic points for a whole workshop and what I'm covering in this workbook. Right. But most of them are subheadings under these three categories. So we are identifying those unhelpful patterns which um, comes through conversation about like, okay, which one of these attachment styles do I relate to? Why, where does that come from? Because they all, they show up with our, like through our past experiences, um, whether, you know, we felt emotionally abandoned or neglected by our caregivers growing up, um, if they were dismissive or invalidating of our feelings and emotions during those important formative years. Or overly critical. Or over, yeah. And so all of that kind of impacts how our attachment style develops. Right. Holy shit. Impacts our ability. I didn't put that thunder yet. I wonder if I'm going to mm. get it. Impacts- There's this. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> okay. We got to wrap this up because we're going to have a lot of thunder. Yeah. Um, impacts our ability to connect to our authentic self, to like really be in touch with our emotions and be able to express and explain them clearly to other people. Yes. Um, so this three-step process, we're going to, we're going to deconstruct that. We're going to cultivate self-love and then we are going to define our non-negotiables and our ideal partner profile Mm -hmm. for like, what do we see as vision of this ideal future relationship that we have processed through our shit enough and gotten secure enough to know is actually real and possible and not in the same vein of Santa and the Tooth Fairy and all that. With that, um, it's important that there's the, you have these like must-haves and deal breakers. Yes. Like you need to be able to identify and define those two things. That's really, really important. Yeah. Non-negotiables are like a do's and don'ts. Like you need Yep. Yep. Like, like I will not tolerate anybody name calling or mm-hmm. um I mean for me emotional um, jugular in a disagreement. For me what my 
I can say this just because I've I've spoken about like my trauma. Um, one of my non-negotiables is I I cannot will not be in a relationship with somebody um, who is actively abusing a substance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, someone who is in recovery might be a different story, um, but uh, I don't I don't have to deal with that right now in yeah my current situation. So I don't know, but like. It, that was a that was a deal breaker for me. Once yeah. I know that that somebody that I am dating is, whether it's alcohol or um, any drugs, even like too much smoking weed can be a problem. Um, as far as like functioning and and like living, if you're dependent upon it. Yeah. But um, but yeah. So that was that little little. Yeah. Just to give an example of something else, like, that's a hard no for me. Yeah. So these are the things that, like, are total deal breakers. These are the things that I am actually looking for. So Mm -hmm. somebody who shares my values on certain things. Right. Somebody who who values family um, and, and wants to be, wants to have those, like, very close familial relationships, for example, or... Mm -hmm. Um, somebody who is really ambitious and and wants to work towards something more and build a future together, like those are also my non-negotiables. So. Yeah, somebody who demonstrates high emotional intelligence mm-hmm. and can show up and can have these conversations. Um, right, yeah. It's just you know, I think I have that even though even though certain things make me uncomfortable. It's like yeah. I can own like. Oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable right now, but that was nice. Yeah, exactly. To be able to kind of sit in that discomfort, that's really important. And in in my case, sometimes it's okay. I am having a really bad feeling and I might be feeling rejected or Mm -hmm. whatever. And um, I mean, we just had had a conversation about that and, and how I handled it. I think I handled it in a more healthy way than I normally would have. Oh, yeah. And, like, um, dude, I was so proud of you. I was, <laughs> so, I, mean, I, was, I was legit, like, how that whole, how that whole scenario played out yeah. was just, like, night and day, start to finish from how it would have been even, even just a couple months ago, which is a testament to you doing your work, you owning your worth. Mm-hmm, so I, yeah. I love that for you so much. <laughs> um, yeah, because yeah, so with with healing from that anxious attachment, then um, getting clear on that stuff, where you know you're no longer falling into these patterns of you know not really being able to express or explain why you are so quickly invested in this brand new person who you actually don't really know yet. Mm-hmm. Um, which happens a lot. And, you know, if I've been there. Yeah. And, and if you press somebody for details, I, I actually tested you on this. Um, and you, you had your details, like you, yeah. you knew exactly what they were. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, a lot of clients, friends who have this anxious attachment style and are not as in touch with themselves and, mm-hmm. you know, clear on their why. Mm-hmm. with it the way that you were yeah um we'll just be like 
you know what? I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. We just have this connection. Like, it's this very vague, like. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just, I feel, it's just a feeling. Like, I can't really put my finger on it. Like, I can't explain it. It's just like, it's this intense connection. And I just see all this potential of what we could Mm -hmm. be. Whereas with me, it was like, I have a list. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I love this, 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 and this about my partner. Like these things are all amazing and they are concrete. They are solid examples. They are, you know, and, and I know your partner, like some of them are things that, that I could be like, oh yeah, like I have seen that as well. Yeah, exactly. Um, just like having met this person. Yeah. And yeah. So, so things like that. Um, and when you're attached to this idea of somebody rather than the reality of them, that's when we mm-hmm. fall into, okay, now I'm bending over backwards. Now I'm compromising on these non-negotiables. Yeah. And I am fighting to make this relationship work at the I expense of my own mental health, emotional stability, sanity, like all of these things. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I am setting myself on fire to keep someone else warm. Exactly. Totally. I mean, I've been there very, very recently where it was, there were non-negotiables and, and I was like, but, 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 and it's like, do that. If it's a non-negotiable, it's a fucking non-negotiable. Do yourself the favor. It's not even about like, oh, just like abide by the rules. It's like, no, you're doing it for them too. But like, do it for yourself and and value yourself enough to to like say, you know what, this is not healthy for me. Mm-hmm. I forget um, if it was Brandy or Monica, <laughs> but one of them had a song that like came out when we were when we were little, almost yeah, like I'm out. I was thinking of that with the boy is mine. Oh, the boy, yeah, not the not the boy is mine. <laughs> like, um, but almost on. doesn't count. It, this is like a more deep cut. Um, oh yeah, yeah, that's Brandy. That's Brandy, right? Yeah. Can't keep on loving you one foot outside the door. Right, I feel yeah. all the hesitation of the heart that's keep never really trying. sure. Can't keep trying if you're not looking for more than all that I can give you and what you came here for. Like, it's... Yeah. And, and just knowing, like, like that almost, like, you were worth more than that almost. Like, you wouldn't accept almost for somebody that you love. Why are you accepting it for yourself? Exactly. Like, I have said this to two anxiously attached friends, not Tara, um, but two anxiously attached friends who are like sharing something with me really terrible that this toxic person that they're so attached to did to them. And I literally was like, like, what would you do if I came to you and I told you Steve had done that to me? Right. Yes. And the response I got, like, didn't even have to think about it. Like, didn't miss a beat. Like, I'd be like, where does he live? I'm taking his ass. Cool. Like if you, if you love me that much, why don't you love yourself that much? Yeah. Like, it's why? True. Um, so yeah, so kind of, kind of recognizing all of that, um, getting clear on the why of it. This is how we move from the anxious attachment to the more secure place. Mm-hmm. Um, dismissive avoidance, they're still begging it up, but it's just showing up differently. Yeah. Um, because they, they're so often out of touch with their feelings that they can't express them. They can't verbalize them. Like they're not actively trying to shut you out. They, like I said before, they just don't have the vocabulary for it beyond like, I don't know, this, this just doesn't feel right. And I feel bad. So I have to 
I have to just kind of distance myself. But like, well, also, I don't know how to explain it to my partner. Yeah. So I'm just going to like pull away. Yeah. So this is actually a, a, something that I've seen a couple of memes pop up about where I think that there's a there's this toxic idea of their effort shows how much they care. That's not true. That's not true because you're not holding into consideration that there are these different attachment styles mm-hmm. and that your your partner might be a more avoid just avoidant attached person mm-hmm. or, or combined type and and be struggling with how to accept love, how to open up, how to commit in the first place. Like all of those things doesn't mean, or all of those things don't mean that they don't care about you and don't want to be with you. It's just Mm -hmm. that they're struggling with their own stuff. And so I think that that's really important to Mm -hmm. point out because I keep seeing these memes pop up about, well, if they, if If they wanted to, they would. Like, yeah. okay, so I need to find this because yeah. you will absolutely, I'm pretty sure, you, like, you, you'll know who she is when I send it to you. Yeah. You will love Sabrina. She does, like, she's done so many things recently, like, little duet TikTok things with people doing uh-huh. the, like, if he wanted to, he would. And she's like, nope, this is bullshit. Here's why. And you're going to be really unhappy in playing games if you keep operating in this mindset exactly because it's, it's, it's toxic it, it's toxic and you know it's it's disempowering it makes you feel like shit well yeah because then it's like well it puts you almost as like well why why doesn't this person care about me then? yeah why am I not enough it feeds into all of that yeah. insecurity mm-hmm. yeah and so. like you know, if we're looking for those reasons to feel insecure and feel anxious and feel shitty and feel bad about ourselves, like, it's not hard to find them. Right, exactly. I know. Like, yeah. All right. So, so I think that what we what we have covered here, we've covered a lot of ground here. And yeah. I think that we've given kind of a taste of what we are working on and and what we are going to be offering people who want to come to the workshop or who want to see you as a therapist, for example, or want to see me as a coach or get into because we have combo packages where we're working together. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and uh, in my case, like I have a bunch of packages on my website, but I'm flexible. She's flexible. Just because it's not up on the website doesn't mean we won't work with you. Just like reach out and we can kind of figure out something that does work for you. Yeah. And reach out to either of us, honestly. Yeah. Um, Cause if I, if I see that something is beyond my level of expertise, I'm not going to bullshit. I am not going to pretend like I know because I am a student right now. And um, so while I am studying psychology, I am not a practicing um, counselor therapist because I I don't have those qualifications. I don't have that training. So that's where where I would refer somebody to you, for example. Mm -hmm. That's outside of my area of expertise, basically. Yeah, but I think the infusion blend of both of us is going to be... You know, it, it'll be its own special thing that 
you are not going to get in the same way. Yeah. Like with it, because therapy session is going to be very different. Um, or coaching session is going to be very different, but like incorporating all of that for like that full, complete, like, yeah. Like we got so, you. That's going to be so dope. Yeah. So like, Kristen will have those therapy sessions. I will have separate sessions um, for for coaching. But um, with the coaching, it's more about that, like almost handholding, like a little bit. Like it's much more like I am the one kind of supporting you all along every single step of the way in more uh, detail, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'm trying to, I'm I'm having, I'm having trouble being articulate today. Mm -hmm. Um, to... <laughs> yeah. um, whereas I, because I am, I am hands-on as a therapist. I, you know, like I said before, I want a meaningful conversation with my clients. I'm not going to be like, Hmm, that's interesting. How does that make you feel? Like, yeah. no, fuck that. That's lazy. Yeah. But so I, I will give you insights. I will give you feedback on the stuff that you're struggling with and I'll reflect some perspectives back to you on what you've shared, but it isn't quite like the same kind of handholding advice giving sort of dynamic. And every now and then, even though like you are getting stuff from me that feels like advice, I just said this to to one of my clients earlier this week, uh, she's great, I've been working with her for a while. And like she had asked me something and she's like, is that bad? Does that mean something? And I was like, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? And she's kind of like, I know that was a real annoying therapist, the answer. It's true though. Like, because, and I'm not going to just, you know, leave you to sit there and stew in it either because I did immediately follow that up with like, well, you're asking for a reason. Right. Well, and you can, you can ask other questions to kind of, because really, I think that with a therapist, it's about as somebody who goes to therapy, for example, my therapist doesn't tell me, oh, you should do this. It's more like, well, if you're in this situation and you're feeling this way, you need to do what you feel is right. What are you feeling Mm -hmm. right? And, and like kind of pulling it out of you. Mm -hmm. Right. Where, where I might actually say like, well, let's try this. Let's do this. And like, so that's, that's where, where I think that we differ. Yeah. And I'll tell you like what to wear and how to do your fucking hair. If you want, how to do makeup. I'll, I'll teach you about skincare. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going to go all the fuck out. Oh my God, the skincare. <laughs> like I I'm, picked her brain yeah. for a client of mine and she rattled off like, four options <laughs> like that well i have i have um experience in the manufacture of skincare and cosmetics so um like in the development of them and so mm-hmm. that is that is an area of expertise that that i i've got down pat so yes do do we have anything else that we want to leave people with i know we just um, kind of like did this whole sales pitch thing but really what it boils what it boils down to is we're not trying to to say like, oh, you have to do this with us even. 
if yeah. you don't feel like like we're the we're the people, we're just telling you that there are people out there who do what we do as yeah. well, and and that like it's really important for you to know that because you don't have to do it alone. Yeah, we don't have the market cornered. Also, if you don't live in the state of New Jersey, unfortunately, you can't come to therapy with me because I'm currently only licensed to practice in the state of New Jersey. But Kristen can help you find a therapist and point I, you in the direction um, yes. of finding a therapist. So. I can absolutely point you in the right direction. Of And I know other coaches too. So yeah. <laughs> if, if, uh, if what I offer is not what you're looking for, I may be able to refer you to somebody else too. So that's, um, that's also really important for you to know. Like it's really about like investing in yourself. I think that that's really what it boils down to and mm -hmm. investing in your mental and emotional well-being because at the end of the day, yeah, we talk about relationships a lot. We talk about relationships a lot because your intimate relationships are the ones that have the greatest impact on your mental health mm -hmm. and your, you know, your emotional and mental well-being. Like that's why it's so important for us to talk about it and why we talk about it all the time. Yeah. And granted, um, relationship is one of my personal areas of expertise in therapy and in the work that I do. But even if it wasn't, 100% of clients at some point are going to come in and talk to me about their relationships. Mm -hmm. um, a fair percentage of mine, it is every session. Like, they're, you know, with the specific things that they're working through. I mean... I'm thinking back about, you know, most of my therapy sessions are usually, I mean, now it's about, because, you know, I'm a mom. And so I do talk about parenting issues and, and family issues. But like, yeah, yeah, I have historically talked a lot about my my relationships, not my, not necessarily just my current one, but like. Yeah, but I mean, parenting, parenting yeah. and family also relationships, right? Mm -hmm. That's, um, you know, it's another thing that we'll delve deeper into um, in the workbook, in the workshop, in the coaching and counseling sessions too, is attachment styles, you know, they, they develop in those families of origin. Like they mm -hmm. develop in those relationships with our caregivers. They're yeah. our first role models. Right. And they also impact other areas of our adult lives besides our relationships totally. like totally. you know so anxiously attached like my my more anxious side comes out at work where it's just like i get like a ping from the boss well not anymore because now i work for me yeah um but but in the past it's like i get like I'm a message from my boss right? like oh, oh shit no, I'm, probably I'm gonna get fired yep yeah like I'm getting called to the principal's office and my anxiety's through the roof. And yeah. that, you know, a lot of people probably have that response and can see kind of how everything is interconnected with, mm -hmm. you know, like if I have, like my partner has a change of tone, I assume they're mad at me. If my boss wants to see me, I'm, I assume I'm in trouble. Um, right. If my friend's not texting back, I think I did something to piss her off. Right. Things like that. Um, yeah, so it, so it informs everything. It's ideal in all relationships. It, this, like, 
because it's not just about your attachment style necessarily. It's about that, that, that self-love, that self-worth, like, you know, that it all kind of, everything's interconnected is mm -hmm. what I mean to say. Yes. All right. Well, on that note, I think that we can wrap up. I think so. Um, this was so much better than the last time. I hope that, that our, our viewers and listeners feel the same way. Um, I knew we could be more structured. <laughs> we tried real hard. Well, yeah, we we did put a lot of work into it because that's just, you know, like I said, we were doing this in parallel and it was just like... And zero tangents about serial killers. Ugh. <laughs> we're going to talk about... I, I was going to, I was going to do it, but I'm not gonna. That's all I have for today. If you liked what you heard and want more, you can connect and follow me on both Instagram and TikTok at out is through podcast to stay in the loop about what's next and check out whatever random therapy themed content I might deem relevant enough to share to our little community on any given day. Until then, be you. Be true and live your life to the fullest as your most authentic self. Talk to you soon.